Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. Of course, we're here today to talk about our favorite weekly flex plays. The villain has returned, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Villains come in many forms, but we've we've invited back Brandon Adam. Of course, no longer on Twitter. Uh, Brandon, what's going on, brother? It's been a few weeks. Good, brother. Just been, you know, enjoying my time out in jail and... You know, just oh, doing, yeah. working out in uh, social media jail and having a good time and, you know, you just uh, being me. Just being you, man. Well, welcome back <laughs> to the show. It's, I mean, it's always too long since we last chatted to me. Uh, We're always talking about our flavor flex plays. Anyways, it's just nice to make it a little bit official. It's week six. Can you believe you blink and the season is over a quarter way through which is absolutely insane to me but there's some really good games on the slate this week and um spoiler alert if you have anybody in the bills chiefs game you're probably going to want to start in this week don't overthink it that's the game of the week that's the fantasy production game of the week and and don't overthink it but brandon let's um let's get right into it because we got so much to talk about today give me your favorite flex play of the week oh and sorry for those of you new to the show, thank you for, for joining in. But these flex plays are players that are just that. It's a start sit type decision. Our number one mantra on this show is start your studs, start your studs. Don't overthink that stuff, okay? Um, for those of you in the DFS Army Discord, which, hey, if you're a member of the Army, you got to come join the Discord because that's where the magic really happens, talking with the coaches. Don't overthink your start sit decisions. If it's a stud, you start them. Okay. With that being said, Brandon, who is your number one locked and loaded? Your favorite flex play on the week? No pressure. It's the guy that is going to be unleashed this week. His name is Ramondre Stevenson of the Pats. I think this guy, I think this is the beginning. Last week was just a start. This this will be the the next six weeks for this guy is going to be absolutely phenomenal. So if you Mm -hmm. ended up snagging this guy trade for him on the low, when he was still sharing with uh, Damian Harris, you are going to absolutely smash the next month of fantasy football. Um, Just a few little uh, tidbits about him. He has the 13th best target share out of the air for running backs at 11.7 target share. That's elite. That's that's up there with uh, all the big names of Austin Eckler, uh, all those guys. And he and if you actually look at his rush, at his uh, rush and reception prop from Vegas, he's at, set at 101 yards this week, and that is right up there with Christian McCaffrey, higher than Austin Eckler, right there with JT. He's up there with the lead dogs now, just because of how many. I, I'm I, Vegas is, is expecting this guy to run through the Browns rush mm. defense. And I, I 100% agree with that. He's going to get the full workload and you could just, you could just tell this guy is just different. Um, a couple of cool little efficiency numbers for him. He he's running at 5.1 yards per tote. That's 10th in the league. Um, he is juke rate is uh 61.7%. That's number one in the league evaded tackles. 50 on the season, number two in the league. Oh, two. Who's um, number one? I guess he, was, he got surpassed last I, week. I think, I, think that's, one. I think that's Damian Harris um, no, is, or Damian, oh, yeah. Damian, Damian Pierce uh, of the oh, Texans. Pierce. He's yeah. that, that man is making more room for himself than any back in this league. And wow, what a hit on us by us on that one early in the season. Um, 
Damian Pierce was one of our favorites, and uh, that's a good one. But uh, his break uh, more for uh, Ramondre Stevenson, his break away mm-hmm. runs it is eighth in the league with uh, five of them. I mean, this guy, his efficiency numbers are through the roof. So now that he's getting full blown volume with Damian Harris being down for, for who knows how long, I think this is when he takes the job and Bill Belichick unleashes his best player on offense fully. There you go. Oh, that's a bold statement. Best player on offense. I look, look, obviously the Patriots fan. I love Ramondre Stevenson. You put, you, you hit all the highlights. The one thing I will add mm-hmm. is that when you say the Cleveland rush defense, I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. what Cleveland rush defense yeah, right now. Exactly. They're pretty much <laughs> abysmal. They rank 25th yeah. in the league. They're at, they're allowing, and this is per, our, our good friend, Cody Carpentier on Twitter. They're allowing 145, Point six rush yards to the opposing rushing offenses in the league. And the, the key thing here is just based on the fact of it's, it's about opportunity share, right? Damian Harris is going to be out. He's going to miss this game. Um, yep. We already know that Ty Montgomery, he's on IR. So he's obviously not going to be play, being, he's not going to play. Now, Pierre Strong, I will say, I like Pierre Strong. When you talk about the type of uh, Patriots running back, like the Kevin Falks, the James Whites, the, the do-it-all type players, that's what Pierre Strong will eventually be. But we do know that, generally speaking, Bill Belichick hates rookies. He hates rookies. That's just mm-hmm. a fact. So if we're talking about a 50-50 timeshare between Stevenson and Damian Harris, 70-30, I think, realistically. And Pierre Strong, you know, he might get some of those uh, third-down opportunities. But it's going to be the Stevenson show. And, and that's the key oh, thing, yeah. too, Brandon. It's just based on the fact that in the passing game, Ramondre Stevenson is getting – the targets, right? So he has 16 on yep. the season and he's a 12% target share. Damian yeah. Harris was pretty much a non-factor in there. So when given the opportunity against a bad rushing defense, horrible rushing defense, I mean, Browns is the Browns, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I think this is an absolute smash play. Um, I, I got a Patriot it. that I'm going to be talking about a little bit later, but Ramondre Stevenson, man, I, I absolutely love it. I just I just okay. traded for him in uh, a couple spots, so I'm ecstatic about the timing of those trades. There you go. Okay. Player that, uh, that I'm going to be talking about has been frankly disappointing pretty much the entire Mm. season. And that's gotta be Daryl Henderson running back of Mm. those Los Angeles Rams. So going up against Carolina. Now, for those of you who haven't heard, I I don't know, man, it's trouble in paradise right now because Cam Akers seems to be in the doghouse definitively, which was coach coach Sean McVay, which I don't quite understand. Um, so there's this narrative going around right now that the Cam Akers doesn't like football, but a dude who has come back from two major injuries throughout his short career already, it takes a lot of guts and it takes a lot of persistence to be able to get back to that level, especially with the Achilles last year where he was playing in the bloody playoffs. So I don't know what the hell's going on behind the scenes, but he's missing this week's game for personal reasons. But listen, Daryl Henderson, he was pretty much droppable in a lot of leagues. Hopefully you were able to get him quickly if he was available on your waiver wire because this week, Dale Henderson, who was in a 50-50 timeshare predominantly with Cam Akers, is going to have the show to himself. And the thing that I like the best is the fact that, again, Carolina is an absolutely atrocious run defense. They're allowing 130 yards on average to the opposing run offenses. And the one thing I will say is that Daryl Henderson is also making his hay through the air. But the backup. So now the RB two in the team is going to be Kyron Williams. Now 
Kyron Williams, for those of you who play Dynasty, he was a bit of a favorite until he actually got to the combine simply because he was an absolute monster at catching the ball. Now, player profiler has him at best comparable to James White because that's kind of his style of play. In college, okay, in 2020, he had 35 receptions for 313 yards, which, which accounted for 13.3% target share. We talk about you like 8% and up. For these running backs in college, he has 13%. And then in 2021, he went he had 42 receptions for 359 yards, which equated to for to a 10.8% target share. That worries me a little bit, especially in PPR leagues where Kyron Williams is going to get a few of those passing opportunities, those those reception opportunities away from Dale Henderson. But going back to the fact that Carolina is an absolute putrid team, the Rams need a definitive win here. The Rams don't look good. There's something wrong with them right now. Mm-hmm. They can get back to the basics. Give the rock to Daryl Henderson. You're going to hope that he's going to get 70, 80 yards on the ground, probably 20, 30 yards through the air, yep. three, four receptions, and you're banking on that touchdown. Uh, Daryl Williams, um, Ramondre Stevenson, there's two chalky plays this week in DFS. Yep, yep. If you have them on your fantasy football team, unless you have absolutely perfect options ahead of them, you're going to want to start both of these players this week. Yeah, 100%. I'm right there with you. All right, give me your next one, Brandon. I think it's our golden child, man. I I, I, I think our golden child, Kenneth Walker, Ken Walker is going to absolutely yes. take over. It, this is the game that we've all been waiting. When we talked about Kenneth Ken Walker preseason, we said – it's going to be mucky. It's going to be ugly until Penny is out of the picture. And we said week four, week five, week six, we can see yeah. something happening with Penny. And he wasn't going to last, and he never was. And I'm so happy that our all followers had that in their brains when they were drafting because now they got a league-winning back in week six that's actually going to smash the rest of the season. And he's going to get all the touches, man. There is nobody behind. The, Travis Homer's out. Like, there is nobody behind. They brought up DJ Dallas to, to have some yeah. kind of depth. This guy is going to get all the work, all the rush work, and he's going to catch the football. And we're going to get this shootout with the cards. This, this game with the cards is going to go over. And I think mm-hmm. it's going to be an absolute points palooza. And Arizona needs to win this. They have to win this um, to stay relevant. And I think uh, I think Kenneth Walker is going to be a major, major piece uh, for the Seattle Seahawks against the Cards. And look at what he's doing. I mean, this guy is just his look. Look at his metrics. Uh, he, he's he runs up. He's in 98th percentile uh, for speed. Uh, four four point three eight. Um, he's the best rusher in college football. We knew that his college dominator rating was 50%, 99th percentile, um, 5.5 yards yak in college. This guy is going to be, and he's doing the same thing. If you looked at the last game last week, every time he touched the football, it was very explosive. And last week, you just got a taste of it. I think this is when we get to see all of it and his whole workload. And I think he's going to absolutely smash this whole week. Um, I'm very excited. I mean, he's 14th in yards per touch, 5.5 yards per touch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, juke rate, 41%, eighth, eighth in the league. You know, like this guy is everything that we thought he was going to be. Yards created per touch, number two in the league with 5.2 yards. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you look for. And now that he's getting the volume, it's going to just explode this week and for the rest of the season. 
Look, he's an absolute monster. And we saw yeah. it last year in college where he was actually in running for the Heisman. He didn't end up obviously getting it, but mm-hmm. so just a few of his college metrics. And again, for those of you who listen to the waiver wire show, first of all, <laughs> yes. thank you for listening to it. But these are some of the things we talked about on Monday, but let's just reiterate it for the, for the different audience. Kenneth Walker, this is 2021 college football season. Okay. Yards after the, mm. after contact hit 1,168 yards after contact. That's a good stat line, just period, for a college running back. Mm. That's yards after contact. Missed tackles forced, 89. Yeah. By comparison, we talk about Brees Hall and the elusiveness of Brees Hall. Brees Hall at 74. Ken Walker mm-hmm. in 89. Mm-hmm. Is Ken Walker explosive? Can he get those extra plays? Again, we already talked about yards after contact, so we would assume it. Carries a 15-plus yards in college football last year, Brandon. He had mm-hmm. 30. 30. Okay. When you look at his college production tied in to his athleticism, his best comparable player is Ladanian Tomlinson himself. Oh, yeah. Now, his second oh, best comparable player is Rashad Penny, who, look, Rashad Penny was an, an amazing prospect. He just hasn't stayed healthy. Yeah. Um, this is one of those situations where you have to just trust the process, right? Yes. Um, for those of us that were on Ken Walker, that drafted Ken Walker, and he was riding our bench for the last month of the season, it's finally time. To put him in, don't be afraid. There's there really there's very few players that I would start ahead of Ken Walker this week in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. We got Bali in the house. What's going on, Bali? Thanks for tuning in, brother. Um, and yeah, I mean, absolutely, this is an absolute smash. If you were going to talk about Ken Walker, I was definitely going to talk about Ken Walker this week. So I hey, here's another back. here's here's another little tidbit. So average yeah. defenders in the box, he he's facing seven point one uh, defenders in the box. That's fourth in the league, right? So his his stacked front carry rate is eighth in the league, and he's still being successful. Um, mm-hmm. So he, this guy can create room in a phone booth. This is what he does. This is what we loved about him. He's explosive, and he's a finisher. And I, I fully expect a massive uh, week out of him and going forward. This guy is a, a must-start every week moving forward. Do not mess around. Just keep him in your lineup because – is only going to be more and more positive as the year goes on. Yeah, I mean, and just uh, the Seattle Seahawks in general are not great at run blocking, but Mm-mm. it's Ken Walker. This guy, cre- this guy creates. He creates. Yeah, that's what he does. He creates. Absolutely. We got a question from Bali. We got half PPR, half point PPR. We got Drake London or Devonta Smith. Drake London, of course, Atlanta is playing. I should have this in front of me. Uh, this is great radio. Where where are, the, where are them car? Okay, I, I yeah, I'm gonna say we got to go with with uh, Atlanta going up against San Francisco. That that worries me a lot, especially because mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts is going to be out. Um, whereas Philly, man, they're playing that that was I believe it's a Sunday night game going up against Dallas. Like that to me is it's going to be fireworks. Um, I don't know where are you leaning on this one. Half point PPR. You're basically. What you're weighing here is safety of a position. So Devonta Smith has a very defined role in the offense, whereas Drake London, he's going to be going up against these top corners. I have, I would have a really hard time, even though he's going to get the volume, I have a really hard time starting Drake London this week, whereas Devonta Smith, I mean, it's, so it's also he's gonna, over under. Devonta Smith, Devonta Smith is going to be facing Anthony Brown. He's 34th ranked DB in coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, Drake London is going against Chavaris Ward. He's third. 
So that that, tell, that tells you Tredavious Ward. That tells you everything you need to know. Just go Smith. Go with the matchup. Um, there, I know I, London is going to get volume, but it's going to be hard work for him to get in the box. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, I think it's Smith to me. I think it's Smith, and I think that game is actually going to shoot out a little bit more than I, I'm going to hit the over on that that game as well. Um, so I I think I think uh, it's Smith. I think he's going to make plays, and he, and I think he's just fine. I, I like I like Smith a lot. Forty two point over under seems very low. Seems it's going over. That's an easy I, over. Yeah, I would I would take the over on that one as well. Yeah, that one's yeah. tough. But Devonta Smith, even though he's the uh, the wide receiver two versus the wide receiver one, it's just every catch that London's going to make is going to be a contested catch, and it's going to be a tough yep. one. So it's going to be a good test for London, frankly. But uh, the uh, if, he, not all, if, not if he succeeds, that tells me you never take him out of the lineup. Like that, like that's yeah. what if London yeah. proves that he can do this week without Pitts and without Cordell Patterson in that offense, pulling any any kind of coverage away from him, they're going to be blanketing this guy. So I could totally like if he's successful, this proves a ton to me. Marcus Mariota just needs to throw him the damn ball, man. Like just just Dude, put it just up. Just put Ritter. In. I want to see Ritter. I want to see Ritter. I want to see Mike's guy. I want to see what what will happen. I think we're not too far away from that. Honestly, I think uh, that's going to happen. I know Kenny Pickett. We called that. We actually called that. Uh, we said, you know, within six weeks, Mitch is gone. Um, we said that in the beginning of the season. Kenny Pickett will be the guy. So, and we also said Ritter by week eight. I we, I said had the last half of the season because the Atlanta will be out of it by then. They're going to test and see what Ritter is. I mean, fuck, like you look at what Drake London does well. He's great in contested catches. He's great. Yeah, that's what he does. He's, <laughs> he's great at, deep, at the deep ball. So these are all like he's just an explosive type player. But yeah, it's I'd say this week it's all it's all about your options. I'll go. I'll, I'll go matchup. Go matchup. Go Smith. Yeah, yeah, we're going Smith. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about another darling this week in fantasy football, and that's got to be Eno Benjamin, the Arizona Cardinals. Ooh, baby running back they're going up against seattle now the thing is is that this game is the second highest point total on the game on on the week it's a 50.5 over under and really what it comes down to is it's got two pretty good offenses going against two not so great defenses darrell williams and james connor have both already been ruled out now you know benjamin one of his strengths has really been being that third down back um he predominantly is not the first down running back, right? He's only 207 pounds. He's five foot nine. But again, the Seahawks suck at stopping the ball. They're allowing 149 yards per game. It's going to be Eno Benjamin and the rookie Keontae Ingram, who we like Keontae Ingram, but Eno Benjamin, he's going to have the trust of the coaching staff. Um, he's had a 33% opportunity to share to start the season. But despite that fact, he still has 17 targets. Versus James Conner's 19 targets. So we know that Eno Benjamin, again, is going to make his hay in the passing game, which in every pretty much every format, even non-PPR, getting those extra yards, those let's call it easy yards, those screen yards, are going to be valuable. Eno Benjamin, again, he's another chalky. We're talking about a lot of chalky plays this week in DFS simply because these are all chalky for a reason. They're good players in good matchup situations. Sometimes, let's not make things complicated. Eno Benjamin... Hopefully you're able to get him on the waiver wire because he wasn't rostered in most leagues coming into this week, but I guarantee you he's going to be heavily rostered this week. If you're trying to decide if you want to start Eno Benjamin, 
Um, I actually chose to start Eno in one of my leagues over Brian Robinson. So Brian Robinson put up 12 points on my bench in one of my leagues. So I'm hoping that Eno Benjamin's going to get between 14 to 17 points. I think you would be very happy with that. Um, he's going to be an RB1 this week. Lock it up. Any, any anything to add about Eno up. Benjamin, Brendan? No, I, I, it's 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 the chalk. It's the chalk. Uh, spot for a running back to come and yeah. explode i mean if eno can't do it in this matchup then he'll never do it so i yeah but with the way the, the way kyle the way kyler speaks about eno he has full faith in that guy um yeah. i think i think i think kyler's been waiting to use him a little bit because he likes to pass to him it sounds like so i i'm i'm all for that so yeah lock it up this i'm i'm very in on this uh, cards Seahawks game, and, because I think it's going to shoot out uh, both teams. Um, you know, the cards need this game. They need this game. They really do. Um, it would be yeah. it would be a huge win right before they get D hot back in that offense. And it's gonna. This leads right into my next guy. Uh, if we want to go to my next guy, um, let's check. Let's check. Out, uh, it, this is an oldie. This is a guy that I've been. This is one of my biggest. You know struggling guys that I loved coming out of the draft two years ago. And that's my little ant man, um, Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore is going to be matched up against Kobe Bryant, which sounds crazy to say, which is uh, player profile has him as a 56th ranked DB in coverage. Um, this is the week where um, Rondell can actually shine. Um, it's a big, uh, 50 point implied uh, game uh, over and under for the game. Um, 26 for the cards, 26 points for the cards. And he has an implied, uh, his over and under is at 5.5 total receptions. That's the highest it's been for him um, since he's been in the league, really. Um, so last, last week he had seven catches and, you know, it seems like since, since he's healthy and they are trying to get him the football and they are actually giving him some volume, um, this, you know, and so I, this is a matchup play for me and I just believe in this guy's talent and I feel like he's kind of had a slow go of it just because of health. And, and I think Cliff Kingsbury is trying to adjust his play calling to him and they want, they, it's very clear when, when you listen to Kyler, when you listen to C Cliff about, uh, getting this guy involved, um, they are trying to get this guy involved and, this is the week, man. He's not going to be messing around with the uh, woolen. Um, like Marquise Brown is going to be draped by uh, Tariq Woolen, um, the other corner uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, he's going to be having his handful with that. So I think the ball is going to not go that direction as much this week. And Kobe Bryant is the guy that gave up uh, the touchdown to Olave last week. So let's uh, let's fire up Rondell if you have him. Um, this is a guy that I'm putting in my lineups because I just like this game to shoot out and Rondell should at least get six catches in this game um, and you know six catches well, 65 70 yards and maybe he can get in the end zone with how weak this uh, matchup is for him um, against this uh, Kobe Bryant um, not the black Mamba himself. Yeah, it, so I, I was honestly I was a little bit surprised because Greg Dorch was playing very very well. He was he was proven to sure. be Kyle, one of Kyler's favorite targets. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. Marquise is a guy, but playing that slot mm -hmm. role, Greg Dorch was doing a really good job, and he was showing that he was reliable. Whereas last year, if you look at Rondell Moore, he mm -hmm. wasn't reliable last year. Simply put, he. But 
the t- depth of target the depth of target is different this year. Um, it seems like they they were listening to the masses screaming at him like, why are they just giving it to him on screens? Yeah. Like, let's get him down the field. And it seemed like last week that has been implemented in the route tree that he's running is he's getting deeper depth of targets. So I feel like this is. They are trying to get this guy to break out. So I think this might be the game that they can do that. I mean, it, it should be this game. It should be this it game. Should. And it's week six now, which means that next week, Hopkins mm-hmm. is going to be back. And that's going to yes. really put a wrinkle in this entire offense because at that point, Rondon Moore goes from being the second wide receiver to the third wide receiver. Third. That's a huge, huge drop, even though it's a slot position. Yep. Target share probably 12, 13% every single week. It's it's not going to be reliable. So this is the week nope. we're going to fire up Rondell Moore. I don't mind that. Um, yeah. Sticking with that same game, Molly's asking us a question. Would you start? This is actually a tough question, but I think I know the answer to this. Would you start Eno Benjamin or Daryl Henderson this week? Puck. I mean, Eno's in the Puck. smash spot, dude. Eno's in yeah. a smash spot. I think it's going to shoot out. I, I It has a higher point total implied. I think he gets in the box. What do you think? No, I'm I'm the same way. I mean, I'm looking at the DFS Army tools here, and they have you know Benjamin projected at 14.49 points in half PPR, and Daryl Henderson 11.86 points. So, you look at the matchup, you look at the opportunity to share, you look at the, the player talent. I, I like you know Benjamin generally better than Daryl Henderson. I like Daryl Henderson, but I, you know I I generally prefer his his prospect profile a little bit better. So. Um, and just based on the fact that I, I do think that Kyron Williams is going to get some use to the air, whereas Keontae Ingram isn't, you know, he's he's not as dangerous in the passing game as Kyron Williams. So just based on those facts, I do give the slight edge to Eno Benjamin in this one, Bali. I do it's too. Uh, Vegas, really Vegas, the Vegas lines agree with you. They do agree with me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there you Eno. go. Go with go with go with Eno in this one. Um, it's probably going to be close. I mean, shit. Like, so one of the things we like to do in, in the the Discord is is coach, right? And what we always talk about is its range of outcomes. If if these players played a hundred games, what are the probability that one's going to score more than the other? I'd probably give the odds sixty percent in favor of Eno Benjamin that if they replayed the games a hundred times, he's going to outscore him. Oh gosh! And then what? We we got a question from Night Night Marie Walker. It's Walker. Ken Walker, man. Ken Walker is going to smash. Smash. This is this is what we've been waiting for. <laughs> like, yeah. this is what yeah. we've been waiting for. I'm excited. It's all day Walker, all day. Yeah. So the type of player that Ken Walker, at least that I see, and I think you, you were similar to this, was I, I I see a lot of J.K. Dobbins in Ken Walker's game. Now, the the, the one thing about Ken Walker that we didn't see in college. Is just his catching prowess, right? But that's not to say he can't He's catch get- the ball. It just means they didn't really give him the ball in that. Up, but they didn't need to. That's the thing. They didn't have to in college. So, um, no, you're definitely going to go Walker. And then, okay, so Michael Thomas is out, Nick. Nick Perone's asking Mike Thomas or Chris Olave. Michael Olave Thomas is out. So it's yeah. So it's going to be Olave because you don't want to get a zero on that one. Um, this is actually an interesting game. The Saints going up against um, Cincinnati. If, so T. Higgins is likely not going to play. Nope. And Marshawn Lattimore has been ruled out. So I think Jamar Chase is going to absolutely destroy in this game. This which means is... that uh, the Saints, and, and again, um, it's going to be Andy Dalton throwing the ball again this week. And Andy Dalton has shown that he can get at least Crystal Lave involved in the game. What about long term? 
man, I still have Chris, I still have Chris Olave ranked over him. Um, I was drafting Chris Olave over Michael Thomas for most of the season. And then when Michael Thomas is are in, in like during draft season, and when Michael Thomas's ADP rose up to the round five, round six, when he was proven to be healthy, I was on the full on fade of Michael Thomas because I believe in Chris Olave. Michael Thomas hasn't really stayed healthy. Chris Olave had the concussion, but it sounds like he's going to be able to play this week. Long term, Olave, he's he's more explosive than Thomas. Thomas looks good, but he's been very touchdown dependent throughout the games. So he's he's had quarters where he's little completely disappeared, where all Chris Olave does is produce. We saw it in the London game. Um he was the guy. He was he was Andy Dalton's favorite target. So I like Chris Olave long term. Mm-hmm. All right. Henderson having a better game script as 10 point favorites. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but have the Rams really done anything to to give you confidence that they're gonna be able to produce every single week? Um it's also only a 41.5 over under. So it's, you know, the implied team total for the Rams is 25 points, whereas the implied team total for the Cardinals is 26 points. So yeah, I know it's absolutely going to be close. And I think it's definitely a toss up, but I'm, uh, man, I'm still going Ken Walker. We're going Ken Walker. It's, we've been waiting for Ken Walker. You got to go Ken Walker. (laughs) Yeah. This is the one you've been waiting for. It's close, dude. Like, because obviously they're going to be in the same game together. And the thing that worries me is keep if Pete Carroll wants to play games for some freaking reason, and, and and Ken Walker doesn't get a seventy percent opportunity share, but he should. If everything's oh, he, going right, he should. Travis Homer's okay. Travis Homer is out. I'm he's injured. It's Ken Walker, DJ Dallas, and that's it. Like it, it yeah. it's going to be. And I actually think it's going to be a lot of Lockett this week, a lot of Lockett and KW this week. Um, I think those are the two matchups they exploit. And that that's, and this game is, like I said, this game is is set up to explode just because the defense for the Seattle Seahawks is so bad that they're going to be chasing a ton. And Ken Walker, yeah. Ken Walker, if if Seattle is by chance leading in the fourth quarter, they are going to run the living dog hell dog shit out of Ken Walker to end that game. Um, and I think you know Seattle, Ken Walker's been getting catching footballs. Okay, like in camp, in all that, they've been talking about it. So I think I think he's going to be no matter game script. I think he's going to be fine. What it comes down to when when you're looking at these t- t- types of situations too is. Which player is more likely going to take it to the house on any given play? And That's when you look Walker. at Ken Walker's explosiveness, I mean, Ken Walker has a 98th percentile 40 yard dash of 438. Okay. That's a 90th percentile speed score for his size and weight. So 438. Compare that to, you know, Benjamin, who is a 457. Yeah. He has I'm a decent you, burst like... score. So he's able to make that pop, that extra step. But similar opportunity usage. I, We've been waiting for this. We talked just about rewatch. Is, re, yeah. Just rewatch the t- touches at from last week. Watch Ken Walker finish that touchdown run. And you will be like, what am I thinking? <laughs> Cause you know, Benjamin, you know, less of a chance to do that. This yeah, guy like is a highly, highly, he's yeah. a prospect. This Ken Walker is a high end prospect. This is what they wanted. This is, there's a reason why they spent another second round pick on a running back when they had Penny there for the, for that season is because they knew that Penny wasn't going to last. They knew that 
they were going to have to have another true workhorse for this Seattle offense to operate, and that is what KW is. And Pete yeah. loves his backs, and he, so he doesn't a, mind running with rookies. Yeah, just to put a bow on this, it's it's going to be very, very close. When I look at our tools and our projection tools over at DFSArmy.com, there's a link below for those of you who want to go over to DFSArmy.com. Click the link in the, in the description. But projected points for Ken Walker, and this is 0.5 PPR, okay? 14.87 points, you know, Benjamin, 14.49 points. So it's going to be very close. But if you talk mm. about explosive plays, who's more likely to break off an ADR run? It's Ken Walker. So that, and for that reason, that's why I'm leaning towards Ken Walker. Okay. We're going to answer one more uh, question here, and then we're going to move on to our next flex plays to end out the show. Okay. So Bali lost Pat Fryer move. It sounds like he may make it through the protocols, but it's still risky. Uh, who do we like? Hunter Henry. Touchdown upside. Will Disley. I like the uses in the offense. He's he's being used. He's being used, but eh, worries me a little bit. Cameron Brait, who sounds like he's going to be back. I'm kind of leaning towards uh, Robert Tunyon here. Um, Ty Conklin would have been my vote if it wasn't uh, Zach Wilson playing, but Zach Wilson seems to hate Tyler Conklin, so not really an option. Moelle Cox is way too touchdown dependent. Plus, I just don't really trust the Colts offense. Cameron Brates, he's going to be used. But Kate Otten showed last week that he was capable. So that worries me a little bit. So really, to me, it's about the, the touchdown equity with Hunter Henry, which probably playing with Bailey Zappi this week. I, I worry about that a little bit, which, you know, I'm actually going to be talking about Jacoby shortly here. But for me, it's between Disley and uh, Robert Tunyon. But I just, Robert Tunyon, he's definitively in that circle of trust. We saw it last week. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is old. He's curmudgeonly. Um, he was Randall Cobb led the team in targets last week. Any given week, Robert Tunney can get in a box. You hope he gets three or four uh, receptions. It's going to be tough. I'm voting Cam, uh, uh, Tunney here. What do you think? I agree. I really don't have a strong position on this one. Tunyon, I, I that's the yeah. guy that makes sense to me because he can get in the box and and like you said, A Rod, trust him. So he's 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 in that offense. He'll be on the field a lot. And like Zappy, I think this is. I'm telling you, this is Ramondre's week. I think it's going to be a lot of run. It's going to be a lot of him this week with Zappy kind of, yeah. you know, mixing in some throws here and there to your guy, your next flex play. Yeah, I mean, do we really believe the Jets are a good defense so far? They've played pretty solid, but do we really believe it at some point? Young, again, it's they're break. good. They're good. No, they're, they're, they're ascending good. for sure, but I don't know. At this point, we, it's, we, it's we, close, but I'm going Tunyon. We, call, we called this. We talked about this in the summertime. This is the beginnings yeah. of the Bengals of two years ago with the Jets. This is this is what we thought was going to happen. Um, Garrett, my biggest miss, um, Elijah Moore, my dear sweet boy, he's just, yeah. you know, it just seems like he's not going to be – you know, the guy and Garrett Wilson is an, is just a dog out there. And, you know, I, I feel like this, this is an ascending team overall. And the defense is very good as well with sauce Gardner. sauce has made a massive impact on that team. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. and I just, I just love watching that guy play ball, man. That guy plays like a 10 year vet and he's a rookie. It's pretty awesome. I just don't, I just don't know if I trust Zach Wilson. Like, I don't, I'm not convinced Zach Wilson's good. That that's the only problem here. I just don't believe I he's see. good because you you do. You he's think talented, he's man. He's talented. I think he's got that leadership and it, the when you when you hear these guys talk about quarterbacks, what do players believe in? And it seems like they are 
his teammates are all in on Zach Wilson, his ability, his talent. Um, he, he lights it up in the fourth quarter when you got to do it. Um, that tells me a lot as especially, I mean, he, he, he's barely played, man. He's been injured a ton. Um, this is kind of going to be like Trey, Trey Lance kind of thing as well. Like next year, um, we're going to see, it's just a lot of injuries and I feel like he's talented. He's got a ton of talent around him. I think he's, he's got it in him. I really think he's got it in him to be a guy. Yeah. It's a Seslowski-ism, right? He just talks about that, um, Zach Wilson is going to be protected at least for one more season. He's going to have 100%. at least one more year, which, you know, based on where the Jets are projected to finish, they might have a top 10 pick, which means they might actually have a shot at one of these quarterbacks, but I don't see them taking it. They're going to give Wilson at least nope. one more season just to kind of show if he's the guy or if he's not the guy, unless they absolutely just tank for the rest of the season and they get like a top four or five pick, which I don't really see happening. So let's move on. Give me your last flex play of the week, Brandon. I'll give you mine and we'll get the hell out of here. My guy is going to be Christian Kirk. He had, he fell on his face last week. Um, he was moved outside of the numbers more often last week due to the fact he had some injuries on the team with the outside receiver. So he had to do that. Yeah. So pending some returns with, uh, with a few of his I teammates, I am, I think Zay's playing. I think Zay's going to play. I think they're going to attack this Indianapolis, uh, defense out of the slot with either Kirk or Ingram, um, a tight end that can operate in the slot as well. Um, he's, he's slotted to go against Kenny Moore, the 57th uh, best coverage corner in the league. So that's a very good uh, matchup for Christian Kirk. He's got an elite target uh target share in that offense he you know he's doing quite well uh, he he's top 10 what is he he's still a wide receiver one even though he fell on his face last week he's still fine yeah he, he had some drops last week i just feel like i feel like this game is a sneaky game that could uh it's two teams that really don't like each other and that really are gonna go go hard against each other they've had a lot of smack talk from last season um, a lot. It's just because of Pat McAfee, the Pat McAfee effect. Um, he was talking, he was talking trash about the Jags. And I just, I just feel like this is a bounce back week for Christian Kirk. So I'm sliding him into my lineups. Um, even though he had a dud last week, I think the target, the target volume goes back to him. And I feel like he will reign again. This is look, this is a massive game. This is a massive game. Yep. The Colts game. and Jaguars. They're both at, they both have two wins on the season. Um, yep. The Titans are three and two. So the Titans are leading this division right now. This The AFC South is still wide open. It's going to be a mm -hmm. really important game. Of course, now they're going into Indianapolis. Still sour from being knocked out last season for the playoffs. The Jaguars play the Colts hard. The only thing that worries mm -hmm. me is that this is going to be turned into one of those Thursday night games where it's going to be like 13 to 10. And that's the only I thing that worries not. me a little bit about this game. But at the same time, We've seen Trevor Lawrence. We've seen the good of Trevor Lawrence. We've also seen the mediocrity of Trevor Lawrence. So it's all about who's mm -hmm. going to come out and who's going to come into this game. But without a doubt, Christian Kirk is definitively his number one target. And with Zay Jones coming back, it's going to just you know ease up that that defense just a little bit against Kirk. Smash play, man! It's he's, it's 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 a beautiful play. Thank you. Okay, let's move on. My last flex play of the week. Some of you are going to say, Shane, this is just a homer pick. But look, Jacoby Myers going up against Cleveland Browns. I think even though it's probably going to be Bailey Zappi throwing the ball 
we were comforted last week up against the Detroit Lions where he did go 7 for 8 for 100, 111 yards and the touchdown. The coveted touchdown, which we know Jacoby Myers isn't great at catching that ball. He is number four in the league in terms of his target share, and he's at almost 32%. Obviously, everybody's going to be on Ramondre Stevenson. We've already talked about him at length in this show. It's absolutely going to be a good play, but but Nelson Aguilar is out. We saw Devontae Mm. Parker is an absolute non-factor. Tyquan Thornton is going to be playing again this week. He's not going to take a lot of the opportunities, but he's going to open up the field because of that speed. I mean, he has elite one percentile type speed. Tyquan Thornton does. And that's going to be a good thing for Nelson Aguilar. Um, and you could be worried that Newsom's going to be covering Aguilar, or excuse me, um, Jacoby Myers the majority of the time. But the Browns play zone 78% of the time, which is exactly mm. where Jacoby Myers likes to eat, especially in PPR leagues, man. Jacoby Myers is going to be a knife. Nice, safe, plug-and-play. And I wouldn't quite put Jacoby Myers in that every-week starter category yet. But I would say if you are in a deeper league where you start three wide receivers and one or two flex positions, those types of leagues, especially in 12-person leagues, those are the types of leagues where Jacoby Myers should become an every-week every week starter. He's not quite there yet. Producing this week in fantasy football, if he can get to 12, 13 points in PPR leagues, I think that's going to go a long way in people's get trust. And if he gets in the end zone, he's going to put up 19, 20 points, and he could absolutely smash that wide receiver three spot. What do you think, Brendan? I, I, I think you're. I think that stat with the Browns being a predominantly zone team. I think that's yeah. right. I think this is the. You're right. Jo, Jacoby Myers is the guy that knows how to settle in those pockets and get easy yards. And I, I, one hundred percent, I'm, I'm good with that. I like that a lot. Um, cool. I got one more. I got one more for the fan for the for the people. If for the you got, people, yeah, let's go, deep, more let's, time. go. let's do it. It's not deep. This is a guy that's been, we've been waiting for. It's Chris Godwin, guys. He's going against the Steelers secondary. Look what Gabe Davis did last week to the Steelers secondary on the other side. And Mike Evans is going to be getting a lot of that rolled coverage from Meekum Fitzpatrick. I think Godwin is the smash play in that game. I think he comes out as a the number one wide receiver focus for that offense this week. And I think they're just going to work on those rookie uh, DBs. That these, these DBs are getting put on skates every week. And just follow the pattern, guys. They can't stop any wide receivers. So just with, with no TJ Watt, with no pressure coming, they, Tom Brady is going to carve the Steelers up this week, just like Josh Allen did with Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis, the same thing with Chris Godwin. This is going to be a monster week for Chris Godwin. I like that. I like that. Okay. We got a question from Nate Marisa. That's going to be hard to say that one. Once again, we got Devonta Devonta Smith, Chris Olave, London, or Judy. Definitely not Judy. I don't trust Judy at all. Uh, we already had Devonta Smith over Drake London on a qu- question previously. So really it's Devonta Smith or Chris Olave. And I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I'm going Chris Olave here. He's the, it's the Olave, one yeah. receiver that offense. He's got built-in chemistry already with, with um, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton can get him the damn ball. Mm-hmm. I like Chris Olave this week. And uh, I think that's not even a close one, frankly. 
New nope. Orleans. Nope. I think Alave stays in your lineup, guys. I mean, unless like you really got to have some real legit talent on your bench to bench Alave right now. Alave is getting all the targets, all the air yards. This guy is just eating it up. And MT's hurt again. MT's hurt. Landry's hurt. You know, like they got nobody. You know, like so. Alave is just going to be, you know, peppered with targets all year long. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I think that's a good one. Okay, let's end it there, man. Sweet and tight. Sounds good. 45-minute show here. Perfect. For those of you who are watching, we really appreciate it. Please make sure you subscribe to the channel. So, obviously, the Parents Station is everything that we talk about with DFS Army. They've got showdowns. Every single contest, Brandon, people are winning thousands and thousands of dollars. We have people who are tying for first in the Millie makers every single week. I mean, just honestly go follow at DFS army on Twitter and you can see pretty much all of the contests that, that our members are taking down. So become a VIP member. And if you, if you're kind of new to this, you're not really sure how to win and you want to just get a free month. If you follow the link in the show description below, but it's dfsarmycom forward slash free dash offer. Brandon, I've been trying to say that thing for the last three weeks and I've been messing (laughs) it up every single week. So I had to write it down this week. I had this, this week. There we go. You killed That's it, right. man. You killed hey, it. Hey, listen, one shot happy, better late, better late than never. Hopefully you can go back and, and rewatch it. Um, but we appreciate you jumping on late. Um, and yeah, man, like this, this is it. We're gonna be here for the rest of the season. We're here, we're specializing in your season-long fantasy football leagues, of course. But if you have any dynasty type questions, there we are go. also dynasty degenerates. I would like to categorize this, Brandon. And uh, we're certainly happy we need, answering sort of those questions. I think we need to do a trade trade show trade target show soon for our dynasty listeners and for our all in championship teams and, and those kind of guys. So I think we need to do that for our dynasty following for sure. We have, yeah. If there's, if you guys have show ideas or things that you want to hear, just let us know. We're, listen, we're here for yeah. the people. We, we talk about, you know, our, we have our staple shows. We have the weekly waiver wire show every Monday that I like to go on and talk about my favorite waiver wire plays. We get into the details. Of course, for all of our members, we actually have our waiver wire list that we put in the discord, but this, I walk through the strategy and, and some of the, the game theory of those waiver wire pickups. Of course, every week we're talking about our, start, our, our favorite flex plays of the week. We're answering your start state questions. So keep coming back. We appreciate you guys. But let's just end it there, man. So go Sounds out. Great. Good luck in week six. For Brandon, I'm Flex Shane. We are the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. Go get paid. <laughs>